everybody. Welcome back to Thrillers by the Book Club podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Olivia. And we are so excited to be talking to you today about thrillers. And happy week before Halloween. Spooky, spooky, spooky. I hope that everybody is all set for their like spookiness. It's going to be so fun. Do you decorate for Halloween like outside your house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I, cool. I have like a giant spider that I put on the oh. wall, like on the fence and then like spider webs. And then I have a ton of like little spiders around the yard in the front. And then, yeah, I think probably this year I might try to get like something different for the yard, like something that has some light to it. I feel like would be fun. Those like 15 foot skeletons at Dude. Home Depot. The other day I was in Spokane when my uh-huh. friend and I were driving and they we saw one of those 15 foot skeletons, but it was Jack uh-huh. Skellington. No. Yes. It was Jack Skellington. And I was like, what is happening? It was so cool. I don't know if it's homemade or what. I'm n- I have not seen a Jack Skellington one. And I was like, this is amazing. I've only seen like six foot Jack Skellingtons, like never the oh, giant one. Yeah, he was giant. Like as tall as the house. It was huge. Ah, I was like, oh I my God, it. so cool. I always tell Joe, I'm like, just stop buying me flowers. Stop buying me stuff. Save up <laughs> your money. Buy me a giant skeleton. <laughs> buy me a giant skeleton. Like, please. It's all I've ever wanted. Oh my gosh. Oh, they're so cool. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like there's so many good decorations out there that I'm like, I just want all of them, please. That'd be yeah. that'd be best. You know what I also have been really eyeing a lot lately are those super what? cute ghost mugs where like the ghost is cute. Oh yeah. I've been yeah. seeing those everywhere. I've seen them on Etsy and I'm like, oh, I really want one. And there's they have one at Target. Oh, they do. I haven't gone to Target yeah. in so long. I saw one though on Etsy that was a little one of those little ghosties and it's holding a bat and I was like oh my god this is Chelsea like in a mug <laughs> obsessed anything anything like I want it all yeah. just one of each like that is so cute and I love yeah. indoor decorations but I also really love outdoor decorations because I'm like then it brings joy to all Everybody. your neighbors and friends yeah. and you know when there's a house that's super decorated it just like brings you joy you know? It definitely does. Are you doing an outdoor decoration? What are you doing? Yes. So last year was the first year we decorated because before this year, we lived in a house that had no outdoor electricity. Oh. So like there was no plugs. And so there's yeah. physically no way to do anything. And we tried to like rig it up. There was no way. So anyway, yeah. when we moved to this house, that was my number one. Like the day before we moved in, I was like texting the property manager and I was just like hey like is there outdoor power and if not can you put one so there is one and she put another one oh nice I was like my priorities are outdoor power and so yeah last year we got a ton of inflatables like all oh so um, fun yeah we did like the nightmare before Christmas inflatables a ton of them a giant oogie boogie we have a giant spider web that covers our like hole from our roof to the floor and then has a, it had a medium sized spider. It wasn't huge. It was like six feet. But this year we got a 10 foot spider and we're going to get a ton of mummy looking things to put up there on the roof. Oh, and that's so cool. I have like in the bushes in front of our house, I have like a bunch of signs and like graveyard type things. My mom made Zero's dog house oh. and we have that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, I so love it cute. so much. Like, it warms my heart. I'm just like, Zero, he's my favorite. So, so adorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then every year I'm like, we need more. And we have like daisy chained our outlet. So there's like 40 things just <laughs> plugged into it already. Yeah. It's like, this is a fire. And I'm like, but it's worth it. 
Halloween fire. He's just like, we we physically can't have more yeah, things. So no. we'll see if I get more things. But yeah, we're out of plugs, which is the real yeah, That is funny. Speaking of Joe, mm-hmm. listen, we were texting about horror movies for Halloween because like, sure, of course, as, as we do. do. So, mm-hmm. but then... Oh, we were starting to talk about The Exorcist. And then he was like, oh, like, are you going to watch the new one? And I was like, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, like the first one is super, like really scary. And he was like, have you read the book? And I was like, no, definitely not read the book. Definitely that. not. Definitely not. And he goes, oh, well, don't listen to it while you're out running at night or like in the dark. And I was like, well, Ew. one, I wasn't gonna. But two, uh, what's wrong you? Joe, what's wrong with you? Doing? run anyway but also Selfish like why is, he trying to, why is he trying to scare what the oh, i'm happy he didn't know. tell me that stuff because i would be oh, like sorry oh, i tell you it oh no i don't care but if it's that night and he's like or oh, just i'm like good i'm gonna try to scare you purposely yeah. you like well just to yourself yeah i see your feeling dude he said that and then he also said don't listen to the fellowship of the rings when the hobbits do something or whatever it sounds like horses and i was like well neither of these were going to be problems for me i'm not running right. in dark first of all right. um right. second of all i'm not about to listen to one of these while i'm doing it if i am yes. crazy will do <laughs> yes he's crazy i don't like already he's already tried to be like don't you want to see like some of these horror movies i'm like I will literally die before I watch The Exorcist, and I'm not sorry. Like, I will oh, never. God. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some dark. <laughs> I think you, we do get desensitized, which is maybe yeah. why I also read a non-thriller last week. Ooh, well, okay. The first, I think it's the first one I that has not been a thriller or mystery that I have read in two years. So, that was nice. It was The Kiss Curse or something like that by Aaron Sterling like a rom-com witchy vibes and i was like okay this, this is you know nice palette cleanser but it was still had a little bit of spookiness in it i know i can hear you already like you're not saying anything and i can absolutely hear your look nothing to say because i cannot relate like i'm like how do you respond to this like i don't okay I like you look being like mm, great that's whatever weird out we don't like it was a little spooky it's like a romance witch book right like i don't even know how to respond i'm just like it was adorable it was adorable anyway this is what happens when we go when we have like some break time so i start reading thrillers all together and go into romance i'm like out of thrillers, only witchy romance. No, that's not not at all. I immediately picked <laughs> up another. I'm listening to none of this is true. I just finished the newest Meg Gardner unsub book, oh, Shadowheart. Yeah. So every time I read her, and here's the thing, they're so long in between each of her books that like yeah. I forget that I'm obsessed with her. And so I'm just like, oh yeah, it'll probably be good. And then as soon as I read it, I'm like, that's the only thing I've ever cared about in my entire life. <laughs> like she is so freaking good, like next level good. And I hate waiting. I just want her to have like a 40 book series. I would read it. That's saying a lot. <laughs> that like, is saying a lot. I mean, oh, that's a commitment. So go- I know. And I would commit to it. Like that's wow. what I'm saying. Yeah. So it was amazing. And I'm also happy, like, I have more time to read now that it's travel season. So I did, I literally did a 19 hour, it wasn't even 24 hours, a 19 hour trip. And I read three books. Because I have, yeah, because I had to like, plane and I had nothing to do. And I'm like, this is my time. Catch up on reading. So I just sat there and read and read and read. And it was like, 
oh, it's the best. It's the best feeling. It feels so, so good. good. So I'm catching up a ton. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you're traveling now. Did you get any good, at least good food with your trip? Um, no, I wasn't there long enough. Nebraska like doesn't have, they, they don't they have like, a They have okay food, but really I wasn't there long enough to get food. Like I landed fair. at like 8.30 p.m. And then I was like, well, it's too late. I don't want to eat. And then I yeah. woke up from my fair at like 9 a.m. And just went straight to my fair and then went to the airport and had airport food and came back. Like, Ooh, I don't even have time. That to eat. sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's a glamorous recruiting. It's like no time hey. to eat or enjoy. You're just there and back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was whatever. But I am very excited because this week, The Bachelor. No, the golden bachelor no, the golden yeah the golden, the golden bachelor, bachelor. bachelor in paradise starts it's gonna oh. be so fun oh my gosh wait yeah it's gonna be a bachelor filled week i think it starts on thursday and i cannot wait also i'm going to on monday i'm going to a bachelor event i don't know what it is because oh. they won't release it yet but i think it's a group date it must be a group date because it's like oh on that monday. would be so cool Oh yeah, God. and they're like, the only thing we can do is give the location, but we can't tell you what you're doing. Dress like upscale casual. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. So I don't know if we're going to be like in the crowd for like a roast today or like, I don't know, but I'm pretty excited about it. That is awesome. And you said, so did you get invited to do this because you did, you went to the live show? I guess. I just got an email that was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, heck like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously. 100%. Yeah, I'm not going to not Please. do it. Yeah. yeah. So I just said yes immediately. There was like a couple different dates. So that's why I was like, it must be a group date because there's so many options. Oh, I don't know. So but, yeah. cool. Oh my goodness. So excited. Oh my goodness. So that's on Monday. Speaking of you and TV, we are like we, like a month out now. We're about a month out from you. Your, yep. your episode of yep. the Wayne Brady show that I can't think of. Uh huh. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Uh-huh. Yeah, we are. So it should be up soon. I did just get the email about like prize fulfillment. Like your prize is getting ready to ship, and I was like, Hey, hey, oh my gosh. hey. So I cool. can't wait. Give me my prize. So cool. I can already tell the episode is going to be traumatizingly embarrassing. So yes. just give me my prize, and Perfect. I will be. Yeah, <laughs> super awesome. Cool. So shall we jump in a pub day? Let's do it. Let's right. do it. Great. So today is Tuesday, October 24th, and I have four books I'll be mentioning today. The first is, because it's almost time, The Christmas Appeal by Janice Hallett. This is a mystery from Atria Books. So oh. she had that book, The Appeal, and I think I did yes. a episode on so this is a christmas version it's one christmas play one dead santa everyone's a suspect yeah so i'm like i'm so down for this book i can't wait i love it the next one is called with a blighted touch by j todd kingria it's horror from bhc press when an unexpected death forces christopher kit mcneil to return to his hometown in the tennessee mountains after 18 years, he must confront his past in a secret he's kept since he was 12. A talented guitarist with a history of bad choices and even worse luck, Kit soon reunites with an old friend and learns about recent disappearances and mysterious deaths in the area. 
they begin to wonder if it's connected to what they witnessed in the woods when they were kids and if a creepy local family is involved. Stranger still, almost half of their high school graduating class has died. Yeesh. What? When more shredded bodies begin appearing, it becomes a suspect. That's quite a, a vivid image. But what he discovers is even more frightening. Evil has set its sights on him and his friends, and it won't stop until it gets what it needs. Can Kit and his friends band together in time to stop this ancient evil? Or will a new reign of terror that the Cherokee once called Uaga be released to roam the earth once more? We'll see on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm also really loving I'm seeing more of a trend lately that we have a lot more of like indigenous horror is coming out. Yeah. And I'm so loving that. The next one, it's a novella, which I know how you feel about novellas. Christmas Presents by Lisa Unger, published from Pensler Publishers. So okay. instead of presents this Christmas, a true crime podcaster is opening up a cold case. Madeline Martin has built a life for herself as the young owner of a thriving business, the Next Chapter Bookshop despite her tragic childhood and now needing to care for her infirm father. When Harley Granger, a failed novelist turned true crime podcaster, drifts into her shop in the days before Christmas, he seems intent on digging up events that Madeline would much rather forget. She's the only surviving victim of Evan Handy, the man who was convicted of murdering her best friend, Steph, and is suspected in the disappearance of two sisters, also good friends of Madeline, who have been missing for nearly a decade. It's an investigation that has obsessed her father, Sheriff James Martin, right up until his stroke took his faculties. Harley Granger has a gift for seeing things that others miss. He wasn't much of a novelist, but his work as a true crime author and podcaster has earned him fame and wealth and some serious criticism for his various unethical practices. Still visiting Little Valley, still visiting Little Valley to be closer to his dying father has caused him to look into a case that many people think is closed and some want reopened. And he has a lot of questions about the night Stephanie Kramer was killed, Ainsley and Sam Wallace disappeared, and Madeline Martin was left for dead, bleeding out on a riverbank. Since Evan Handy went to jail, three other young women have gone missing, most recently a young college dropout named Lolly. Five young women missing in the same area in a decade. Are they connected? Was Evan Handy innocent after all? Or was there something else that night? Someone who's still satisfying his dark appetites. See, like, that sounds good. Why yeah. is it a novella? That could have been know, a then. full book. That does feel like a full That's, book. <laughs> I like that. That's the like thing like, point of view. Like, there's a lot going on here. Is, I don't know. Literally the size of a full book. That's why I don't understand about novellas. I'm like, this is a full book. You just yeah. didn't write the middle. So it's just the beginning and the end. I wonder, like, this is something that we should ask. I want to search for authors or publishers that have done these and, like, maybe we can talk about. Like, what's the point of them? And I know that yeah. there are points to them. I just don't know what it is. And I'd love to learn. Right. I'm sure there is a reason. And I'm sure that's like the way you do it sometimes. But what is it? Because that sounded like a full book. It sounded like you could have had a full book worth of information. Yeah. But it's I don't know. Not. Yeah. So that's, it's just interesting. I don't know very much about it, but I think that that novella sounds really good. Perfect yeah. for Christmas time. Thank you. Yeah. I look like my horror or my twisty thriller Christmas. The last one I have is called The Blue Monsoon. It's by Damianti Biswas. This is number two in the Blue Mumbai Thriller series from Thomas and Mercer. It's a mystery. The first one came out in January of this year. So she's releasing two books in the same year, which I think is pretty wow. interesting. Amid incessant rains pounding down on Mumbai, Senior Inspector Arnav Singh Rajput is called to a shocking crime scene. A male body is found dismembered on the steps of a Kali temple. Drawn into his flesh are symbols of a tantric cult. 
The desecration of a body at a Hindu place of worship puts the city on edge and divides Arnav's priorities, stopping a fanatic from killing again and caring for his wife who's struggling through a challenging pregnancy. Then video footage of the murder is uploaded onto the account of a Bollywood social media influencer, triggering twists in the investigation Arnav didn't see coming. Caste systems at war, a priest under suspicion, and an anonymous threat that puts his wife's welfare at risk. When more bodies are found, the savagery of the city begins to surface, and Arnav feels that, fears that no one is safe from a bigger storm brewing. I think yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. it. Congratulations, authors and readers. Hope you found something new. Pick up this week. And today we have a special episode for you guys, which Uh is super exciting. As you can tell by the title of this episode, it's all about academic thrillers. So we're going to be talking about our favorite academic thrillers. I love academic thrillers, personally. Like any thriller that has a boarding school setting, a prep school setting, any school setting. I'm just like, mm-hmm, college. I don't know what it is about the academic theme that I love it. I think it's so interesting. It is interesting. And I mean, also, I think that there's something to be said about like, especially the private school stuff, because I didn't go to private yeah. school. So it's like a whole like right. other kind of world. So I did, I looked up what the definition was of dark academia. And also this is related to one of the books that I'm going to be highlighting, but it says that dark academia is an internet subculture concerned with higher education, the arts and literature, or an idealized version thereof with a focus on the pursuit of knowledge and an exploration of death or a set of aesthetic principles, scholarly with a gothic edge, tweed blazers, vintage cardigans, scuff loafers, a worn leather satchel full of brooding poetry. Enthusiasts usually found in museums and darkened libraries. Yeah. Yes. So yes. take all that and then add in like murder and thriller. Oh and there God. you go. It's yes. just so good. So my first book that I want to talk about is Good Girls <laughs> Lie by J.T. Ellison. Hey, one love her. Also so love good. that book. So good. Yeah. So it is about the Goad School, which is a prestigious prep school known as a silent ivy. So it is a boarding school for the daughters of rich and influential people. It only accepts like the top people. It's very elite and has long held traditions that turn their students into future Ivy League Yes, people. Like it's just like a pipeline. Yeah. Right? So people yeah. who go there usually go into the Ivy League universities and even beyond that. So a popular student who was found dead and the truth can't be ignored. There's rumors that she's struggling with a secret and that secret drove her to suicide. So my thoughts, Ash, who's super interesting. I loved her from the beginning. I felt pulled in by the drama of the story right away. The book does a great job of using alternating points of view, which gave the characters good backstory and interesting personalities. And it kind of like slowly reveals things throughout the book, which Mm -hmm. I really love when a book does that, because I don't feel like it feels like a cheat where you're just like, oh, and by the way, blah, 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 blah. It just slowly reveals things until you finally like, oh, that's how it all comes together. So I really like that. There was high school drama, super fun. It has a slow build, but a great build, a good twist. And the setting, again, was amazing. So mm-hmm. I loved it. Good Girls Lie by JT Ellison. Ooh, fantastic. Yeah, I would. I'm going to second that one. It's so good. Okay, so my first one is 
For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing. Oh, my God. I love this book. This book, like, hands down, five stars. Just so great. Teddy Crutcher has won Teacher of the Year at the Elite Belmont Academy, home to the best and brightest. He says his wife couldn't be more proud, though no one has seen her in a while. He can't be bothered with a few mysterious deaths on campus that are looking more and more like murder or with the student digging a little too deep into Teddy's personal life. His main focus is pushing these kids to reach their full academic potential. And all he wants is for his colleagues and the endlessly meddlesome parents to stay out of his way. And if not, well, they'll get what they deserve. It's really too bad that sometimes excellence comes at such a high cost. So uh, this book is so great because we do get the point of view of Teddy, who is like unhinged. He is definitely a psychopath. And it just his thought process into how he his whole focus on pushing people to their academic potential and like people getting out of his way and all of this stuff. This read dark comedy to me. Mm, I laughed yeah, at it. Okay, I yeah. really enjoyed it. I do have friends. So I read this in a book club with my friend and we were talking about it just this last weekend because I was going to actually have her read The Nothing Man. And then I was like, okay. well, I don't know if this is going to work for you. But if you do like The Nothing Man from Catherine Ryan Howard, yeah. the vibes are right oh, on for this so good so, yes. so good yeah loved it i second that five stars loved for your own good and we picked that as a thrillers by the book club choice also yes. and oh yeah it was, it was popular people liked I bet. it no i bet yeah so good yeah agreed my next one is the girls are also nice here by Lori elizabeth flint and i'll just say that girls in this book are horrible yeah, they're, they're, not nice. they are, they're nothing but they're no. not nice at all they're not nice they are the worst they had characters that you like love to hate which i made me immediately drawn into the story the book is about am she's a girl who gets invited to her college 10-year reunion she doesn't want to go back but she gets a note that says we have to talk about what we did that night and she's like well okay so she goes back doesn't have a choice she meets up with sully who's her friend from the past who was kind of like this wild girl and that she also received the same note so as the reunion goes on both am and sully feel threatened by someone who's claiming to know what happened 10 years ago Mm. and it's told in perspective switching between the current time and their freshman year of college and i thought the premise of the book was really unique it drew me in from the beginning i hated the characters hated 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 them (laughs) Um, but that made it interesting to read to me i didn't like I still wanted to read about them, even though it's like they're okay. the literal worst. Yeah. They're all selfish and narcissistic. I was not rooting for them. I was like, I hope you all fail, which is fun. The mystery was well written and it pulls the reader deeper and deeper into the story. I liked both the perspectives, like the previous point of view and the current point of view. It was kind of like Mean Girls on steroids in a okay. way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly kind of felt like this book was real or based on real life because the writing was so believable and so descriptive. So it felt really based on a true story or based on reality. I didn't love the ending, but it was satisfying. And it was a debut. So highly recommend it. It was The Girls Are So Nice Here by Lori Elizabeth Flynn. Fantastic. I looked at my Goodreads as you were talking and I have it yeah. on there as want to read. And I was like, great. I feel good great. that I at least <laughs> had this on at here already. At least you want to read it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. I really like the idea of the like mean girls on steroids. That yes, sounds fun. That's what it was. Just like it catty, really like real housewives bullshit, but like in, in school. Love it. My next book is The Lying Game by Ruth Ware. 
Oh, uh, yes. Good yeah, one. The, it came out like a while. It came out in 2017. Yeah. So it's on the older side, but man, it's good. So this is on a cool June morning. A woman's walking her dog in the idyllic coastal village of Salton along a tidal estuary known as the Reach. Before she can stop and stop him, the dog charges into the water to retrieve the fir- what first appears to be a wayward stick, but turns out to be something much more sinister. It's never a stick. It's never a stick. If a dog's never finding a some- mannequin, Mm-mm. no, no, they're like, it's oh, a it's body, totally, it's a, a body and bones, never, body never. and bones. So the next morning, then three women in and around London, Fatima, Thea, and Issa, received the text that they had always hoped would never come from their fourth in their formerly inseparable clique, Kate, that says, "I need you." The four Mm -hmm. girls were best friends at Sultan, a second-rate boarding school set near the cliffs of the English Channel. Each different in their own way, the four become inseparable and were notorious for playing the lying game, telling lies at every turn to both fellow boarders and faculty. But their little game had consequences, and the four converge in present-day Sultan. They realize their shared past was not as safely buried as they had once hoped. So it has the alternating timelines of like back when they were in school yep. and present day. And what I like about this book is that literally you're just thinking everyone's lying the whole time because right. they, they like are. are. Uh-huh. So and the lying game is such a messed up thing to be doing in school. Like everything that they're yes. doing as far as all the lies that they tell just is like bizarro it feels like reading this is like you're looking at a bizarro land of like i cannot understand how these people are these kids are the way they are but then reading them as adults and then all of their secrets as it starts to unfurl it just comes out layer after layer and it's ruth where like you just know it's gonna be good yeah i loved this book it was really fun yeah that's such a good one and it's you're right it's like the ultimate unreliable narrator story because you're like yeah all straight up lying on purpose yeah, exactly. So it's very hard to like, I don't know what I'm supposed to believe here. Yeah. And the thing is, and the way that she writes is that you follow the characters, you believe them, and then they're, yeah. they're lying. And then they're like, just kidding. That was all a lie. Joke. And you're like, jokes. <laughs> Not true. Yeah. All right. My next one is the book that got me back into reading thrillers after a super long time of reading nothing. And that is The Broken Girls by Simone St. James. Oh, so good. So good. Like I just recommended this book to someone today. It's so good. I can't imagine anyone reading this and not liking it personally. Yeah. It's like uh, everything mm-hmm. about it. 1010. So two timelines. There's Vermont in 1950. There's this home called Idlewild Hall, which is a place for girls that nobody wants. So the troublemakers, the illegitimate children, girls who get into lots of mischief. And mm-hmm. in the small town where it's located, there's rumors that the boarding school is haunted. And so there's four roommates that are bonding over their terror and becoming friends until one of them mysteriously disappears. Mm-hmm. Other timeline is Vermont in 2014. Fiona is a journalist who can't stop revisiting the events surrounding her older sister's death. So 20 years ago, her sister's body was found lying in the overgrown field in the ruins of Idlewild Hall. And her sister's boyfriend was tried and convicted of the murder, but Fiona isn't sure if everything was actually settled, if that was what was right or not. And then she discovers that Idlewild Hall is being restored by an anonymous benefactor, and she decides to write a story about it. But as they are renovating it, they find something that should be hidden in the past, but is unearthed and... So she starts looking into it. So 
from page one, drawn into the story, loved Idlewild Hall. It's like this old crumbling, abandoned girls boarding school that could be haunted, maybe not. The dual timelines are awesome. This is the first time I've experienced in Mount St. James dual timelines of the historical timeline and the current timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved it. Normally, that sort of like historical perspective, I find very boring, but mm-hmm. she does it amazing. Like, I don't know how she does it, but she keeps it super interesting. It's very suspenseful atmosphere. It's a creepy story. And I actually love both the storylines equally. Mm-hmm. There is a supernatural element, but it's written into the story so well that so it makes well. a dark atmospheric. You're not like, oh, a ghost. You know, you're just yeah, kind of like. Yeah, it's not like that at all. No. Which right. is, you're just like you're creeps out. Who, yeah, for someone who doesn't like supernatural, hands down, this is the one you should read. It's so good. Yes, like it's supernatural, but it's supernatural extra light where you're like, yes, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's some parts that are dark and disturbing, but you can tell that she did her research and she brings everything together in such a good way. And she handles all the difficult subjects really well. So love, love, loved it. Um, that is The Broken Girls by Simone St. James. Fantastic. Yeah. My next one is called They Did Bad Things by Lauren A. Forey. Ooh. In 1995, six students were living together at one of those big houses where everybody shares in university. So down in like the UW district here, we have really big mansions that are all divided and everybody like each room is their own apartment. So it's kind of like that. So months later, one of them was found dead on the sofa in the morning after their end of the year party. It was ruled an accident. The other five knew it wasn't, but they went on with their lives and they just pretended like whatever happened didn't happen. 20 years later, all of them arrived. They're lured separately under various pretenses to the Wolf Heather House. It's a crumbling, secluded mansion on the Scottish Isle of Dune. And they're trapped in there with no way out, no signal to the outside world. And now these 40-somethings fight with each other and the unknown mastermind behind their gathering. As they confront the role that they played in their housemate's desk, they're given one choice, confess to their crimes or die. I mean, it's a really, it's an interesting concept. It feels very Clue-like, um, where they Ooh, all get like an invitation yes. and then they're like, yes. so, yeah, as well as like, and then there were none. So it's a locked room mystery and you're going back and forth between them currently and their locked room mystery. And then like, as people are dying and then you're looking back to how they were and how they interacted and each character's point of view as they were in college. So it's definitely multi point of view, dual timeline. I feel like this would have been really difficult to write and keep everything straight. Yes. Um, But it works as a reader. And one of the fun things about this book is that the baddie messes with their heads so much. They have all the old furniture that each person had in their room in the the, the mansion and like in rooms. So they would go like my room. I'd go into it and it was like my college dorm room is set up here. Exactly the same way. I hate it. Yeah, it's super creepy in that way. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's a fun read and I really enjoyed it. So that's They Did Bad Things by Lauren A. Forey. That sounds so good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, my next one is, of course, had to in my dreams. I hold a knife. Oh, yeah. Of course. No, like I'm not going to. Yeah. This one. Even though it's not a boarding school, it is a college reunion. Yes. I um, still count. Still, who cares? Yeah. Thank you. So 10 years after graduation, Jessica Miller planned her triumphant return to Duquette University. And she's sure that everyone is going to be envious about her. 
be jealous and be like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. She's so great. Everyone's going to see the girl that she wants them to see. This confident, beautiful, indifferent girl who's not the girl that left campus back when her friend Heather's murder fractured everything, including the tight bond linking six friends that she was closest to since freshman year. So 10 years ago, everything fell apart, including the dreams that she worked for for her whole life and her relationship with the one person that she was not supposed to love. But not everybody is ready to move on. So not everyone left Duquette 10 years ago, and not everyone can let Heather's murder go unsolved. Someone is determined to trap the real killer and to make the guilty person pay. So when the six friends are reunited, they are forced to confront what happened that night and the year's worth of secrets that all of them would do anything to keep hidden. Originally, I thought this book was actually really similar to The Girls Are So Nice Here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of similarities in the premise and actually in the beginning, you're like, these are very similar. They're both set in university. They surround this group of like girlfriends. In both of them, someone dies. And then in the future, all these friends Mm. in the friend group come back to the school reunion. So that's why they're similar. But this book was so captivating. I loved the unique characters so much. Each character had a story in themselves that was interesting and the main character jessica super flawed narcissistic self-centered selfish but it made her very interesting to read about and she definitely was the type person that like put her goals are becoming the best over everything else Mm -hmm. but there was tons of twists and turns in this book it was written in such a captivating way it was a great mystery it was fun to read I just, I loved everything about it. I was surprised, which that was a big difference between this one and The Girls Are So Nice Here. And so I just, I'm obsessed with it. This is the first book that made me love Ashley Winstead. And so that is In My Dreams, I Hold a Night. Yeah, love it. It's such, oh my God, it's such a good book. Such a good book. Her writing is insane. I love that she talked about how Jessica Miller is such a common name, like Jessica and Miller, both very common, and how she wants to be nothing but so far from being common. I just like, it's just so smart. I don't know. Love it. Such a good book. I remember getting halfway through it and was like, I'm only halfway through. How is there more? Like, there's so much more. It was so good. It's in like every little bit. You're just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. So good. All right. My next one is called The Sorority Murder by Allison Brennan. Yeah. The title. Right off the bat. First of all, this is set at uh, Northern Arizona University, which is my alma mater. Um, So this was also really fun, like reading it and being like, Oh, some of the stuff I was like, that is on campus. And other things I was like, that's not on campus. So that's the first. Yeah. It was interesting. And then I just like made up where I thought things were at. And I was like, this is where it happened at is like what I knew in real life. So anyway, Luca Vega is obsessed with the death of Candace Swain, who left a sorority party one night and never came back. Her body was found after two weeks, but the case has grown cold. Three years later, while interning at the medical examiners, Lucas discovers new information, but the police are not interested. Lucas knows he has several credible pieces of the puzzle. He just isn't sure how they all fit together. So what does he do? Creates a podcast. Of course. And why wouldn't Uh, he? Why wouldn't you? So he encourages listeners to crowdsource what they remember and invite guest lecturer Reagan Merritt, a former U.S. Marshal, to come on and share her expertise. So new tips that come in convince Lucas and Reagan that they're onto something. Then shockingly, one of the podcast callers turns up dead. Another hints at Candace's secret life 
and a much darker picture than Lucas imagined starts to appear, one that implicates other sorority sisters. Reagan uses her own resources to bolster their theory and learns that Lucas is hiding his own secret. The pressure is on to solve the murder, but first Lucas must come clean about his real motives in pursuing this podcast before the killer silences him forever. It's fun. It is a murder mystery podcast. It's set on a college campus. So everyone's got like college you know, ridiculous sorority stuff that happens in fraternity stuff. And then Reagan is a really interesting character because she's a former U.S. Marshal. And Lucas is like trying to get her to investigate with him. And she's like, you know, well, Marshals, we don't really we look for people who are missing, but we don't really investigate crimes like this. So it's a kind of a new thing for her. So it's a stretch, which is fun. So yeah, it's just a fun book. Definitely recommend The Sorority Murder by Alison Brennan. My last book is another Ruth Ware book, and it is The It Girl. She's the first person that Hannah meets at Oxford. She's vivacious, bright, occasionally vicious, and the ultimate It Girl. She quickly pulls Hannah into her orbit, and together they develop a group of devoted friends, which include Will, Hugh, Ryan, and Emily, during the first term when they get there. But by the end of the second term, April is dead. So now, a decade later, Hannah and Will from the friend group are together. They're expecting their first child. And the man convicted of killing April, who is a former Oxford porter named John Neville, he died in prison. And so they're all relieved to have finally put the past behind them. But then a journalist comes knocking the door and presents evidence that Neville maybe was innocent. And so Uh-oh. Hannah starts to reconnect with her old friends and starts looking back into April's death. I love the setting of Oxford. So yeah. good. The character group was really interesting and they were all pretty unique and individual. I can imagine them all. And I loved the setup that Ruth Ware created. I felt that April was classic it girl, flighty. Okay. It was really well written. She was interesting. And then Hannah, her friend, is just this girl who's like happy to be in the same room as her type thing. The story was gripping. It was well written. It was completely absorbing. I love the characters, even though there were a couple things that didn't add up in the story, which I was like, hmm, interesting. The atmosphere was good. The tension was good. The thing that really annoyed me, though, was Hannah is super reckless. She complains all the time about how April was a bad friend. And then she's like, but I'm obsessed with solving her murder. And I'm like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Like, why? You know? And then the the reveal I thought was pretty obvious and drawn out, even Mm -hmm. though there was a lot of red herrings that they used to try to make you think. Very tricky. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. But it was the type of book that would create really good conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. And that is The It Girl by Ruth Ware. Nice. I've heard amazing things and your testimony is same as what I've been hearing. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. So my last book is actually one I haven't read, but I have it on order right now. I'm very excited about. It is called In These Hallowed Halls. It is a short story anthology that is a a beguiling sinister collection of 12 dark academia short stories from masters of the genre, including Olivia Blake, M.L. Rio, Susie Yang, J.T. Ellison, and more. In these stories, dear student, Retribution visits a Lothario lecturer. The sinister truth is revealed about a missing professor. A forsaken lover uses a seance for revenge. An obsession blooms about a possible illicit affair. Two graduates exhume the secrets of a reclusive scholar. 
horrors are uncovered in an obscure academic department, five, and five hopeful initiates must complete a murderous task and much more. So there are 12 stories here. One of the authors is Elaine Fargo, who she wrote They Never Learn and Temper. So good. So yeah, I'm very excited about this because it's an anthology, 12 different dark academia short stories. And these are some pretty David Bell is one of the people that's in here. Okay. Yeah, like it's going to be a good book. So I'm very excited about it. In these hallowed halls, enrollment begins now. <laughs> that's so fun. Okay. Yeah. And you, it's not out yet or it is out? It is out. It is out. Yep. It came out September 19th. So it is available now in these hallowed halls. Ooh. Okay. And those are academic thrillers for you guys. Yeah. Hope you guys liked them. If you have more ideas, send them our way. I just love this genre. I know you do too. Or this yeah. like, subgenre. Always looking for a good boarding school, college experience (laughs) same so if you have any recommendations you want to share you can dm us on instagram at thrillers by the book club pod or me at thriller book babe or you can find me at olivia day wallace on instagram Hope that everybody has a great day. It's Halloween week is coming. I bet people are going to be partying Saturday. So yeah, they are. Have fun. It's going to be great. Have fun. Yay. And if you need to kill some time, read a thriller. Bye. Bye.